Right now, I want you to go ahead and take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke chapter 2. You know, I, I love Christmas. I love everything associated with Christmas. I like the Christmas carols. I like the decorations. I like the Christmas plays and programs. And I love the Christmas story in the Bible. And uh, I hope um, you know, you hear, you're familiar with the Christmas story. You hear it a lot. But what we're going to do this morning, we're going to go right after the Christmas story. And I think most people, you know the story about how Jesus was born in a manger. There was no room for them in the end. People had no idea who it was that was being born. That I mean, here He is, the King of the Jews. I mean, God in human form is on earth and a very small group of people even knew what was going on. You had the shepherds that showed up at the manger. You had the wise men that saw His star in the east and made the journey to Jerusalem and actually didn't get there till probably a couple years later. But then, one thing that's neat in this story in Luke chapter 2, after we read the Christmas story, in verse 21... Uh, notice what it says. It says, when eight days were accomplished. So eight days after Jesus is born, it says this, uh, for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And if you go back in Leviticus, it talks about the purification. It was about, it was 33 days, so that Jesus is about 40 days old here. He's just, I mean, a month and a half old is all he is right here. And so they bring him, uh, in verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord. Notice this. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. The two turtle doves. I've always wondered what that was all about in that song. I just had to figure out what a partridge in a pear tree and you know five gold rings is all about. I haven't figured that out, but the two turtle doves. I guess we can kind of know where that comes from. Not what I'm preaching about today. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, this is the guy I want us to focus on, whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Back before Jesus died on the cross and ascended to heaven, the Holy Ghost would come upon people sometimes, but He didn't indwell people like He does today. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. But this man Simeon was someone special that the Holy Ghost was upon him. In verse 27 or 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he, God showed him, or the Holy Spirit showed him, you will see the Lord's Christ. And that term Christ, it means Messiah. You hear the word Messiah quite a bit. Uh, that was a Jewish term that was used in the New Testament. The word Christ is used most of the time. But he knew that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. The one that the Jews had been looking for for years and years, God, the Holy Ghost revealed that he would see the Messiah. And it says in verse 27, "...and He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for Him after the custom of the law, then took He Him up in His arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest Thou Thy servant depart in peace according to Thy word. For mine eyes have seen Thy salvation, which Thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of Thy people 
Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, the child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Tommy, turn us down just a little bit more. So right here we see just, a, I think it's an amazing story. I just want you to picture, you know, Jesus Christ as a little baby. You know, I love thinking about the years of Jesus Christ from His birth till He was about 30 years old when He started His ministry. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot. But here we have a story when He's about 40 days old, just a month and a half, a little baby. He goes to this temple. He goes to offer this sacrifice. And understand that Mary and Joseph, they didn't know everything that there was to know about Jesus. They knew He was special. They knew He was from God. Mary knew that you know she was a virgin and here she is with child. She knew it was of the Holy Ghost. But they didn't know everything there was to know because whenever you see that, like with the shepherds when they came and they told Mary and Joseph the things that they had seen, the Bible mentions how Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then there's other references where you can see how Mary, she was always paying attention to the things that were said about Jesus, the things that were revealed about her son. She took them very serious. She was very interested. They didn't understand everything. But here they come to fulfill the law. I mean, this is their firstborn. And according to the law, they were supposed to give the sacrifice of the two turtle doves. And they went to do that. And all of a sudden, this priest, they haven't told him anything. They haven't told him you know the story that the angel the story of the angel coming to them but the holy ghost was upon him and as soon as he saw Jesus Christ as soon as he saw this baby he knew exactly who it was the holy ghost had revealed that he would not die until he had seen the messiah and all of a sudden here comes the messiah and he gets to hold the messiah in his hand he is holding baby Jesus in his hands and he blesses the child and he says lord you know let thy servant depart in peace he said lord i'm ready to go lord i'm ready to die why because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I love that statement there. My eyes have seen thy salvation. I'm here today to tell you when you look at Jesus Christ, that is salvation right there. That gift of God that he gave, his son, Jesus Christ, it was the gift of salvation. Salvation is all about Jesus Christ. It comes from Jesus Christ. And I just want to tell you today, there's a few things. If you're looking for comfort, Look no farther than Jesus Christ. In verse 25, it says that this man Simeon that was just and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Israel was in a very difficult time. They were under Roman rule during that time. They were under Roman oppression. It was a very difficult time. We see that it was a time when all the world was going to be taxed. I mean, a global tax was instituted. When you look at the way it was during the time of Christ, I believe it's very similar to the way it's going to be when Christ comes the second time. And here it is, this difficult time that they're in. And you know, Israel was praying, Lord, we need the Messiah. Lord, send the Messiah. And this man was waiting. And he knew it had to be getting close. He was probably getting up in age. He was probably getting pretty old. And he was waiting for that consolation, that comfort. And I'm here today to tell you that in this world, the Bible says, you shall have tribulation. In this world, Bible says, sufficient unto the day 
is the evil thereof. If you live long enough, you're going to go to some funerals. If you live long enough, you're going to deal with some sickness and some sorrow. You're going to deal with some pain. And you know what? You don't really have to like it, I don't believe. There's a lot of things that go on in this world that you don't really have to like. When you watch the news, okay, it gets depressing sometimes. When you hear about all the shootings and the chaos in the world, you don't have to like that. When you see all the fighting and stuff that's going on in the political world during the election season, you know, it gets kind of frustrating. It gets aggravating. It gets discouraging. And you don't have to like any of those things, but understand, that if you are going to be able to get through all those things, there is a place that you can find comfort even in this world, and that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, in Me ye shall have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And even in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation like the Bible says, even in the midst of chaos and turmoil and heartache, there is still a place that we can go to find comfort, and that's in Jesus Christ. And that little child. And just think about this man Simeon. As he looks around and he sees all that's going on in Israel, it was a very dark time. But just notice the peace. Notice the joy that comes over him after he sees the Messiah. He says it's, he knows, hey, God is going to take care of everything. You know, did you know even after he saw the Messiah, things were still bad in Israel? After he saw the Messiah, nothing had changed in Israel, but he knew it was going to change. And you know what? You can find comfort in Jesus. You can go to the Scriptures and find hope and comfort. But this world's still going to be a mess. But we also see in the Bible that one of these days the Lord's going to return and He's going to take care of the problems that are in this world. And so we can find comfort in that even today, the world's not going to get away with all the wickedness that's going on. It's, it's not going to happen. And we can find comfort in that right now. If you're just looking for peace, look no farther than Jesus Christ. Verse 29, He said, Lord, now lettest Thou Thy servant depart in peace according to Thy Word. I don't know that Simeon died that day, but I do believe he completed his work as a priest that day. Let me depart in peace. My work is done. He lived his life being obedient, fulfilling the laws as a priest was supposed to, doing all the ceremonies and things. But you know what? The real Lamb of God had showed up. The real sacrifice that actually would take care of the sins of all mankind had showed up. And you know what? He didn't need to do those things anymore. His work was done. The One who could really cleanse people from their sins had shown up and He was ready to hang it up and say, I'm done. You know, I'm looking forward to that day when we're done fighting in this world. When we're done with our work as believers and we can just... you know. Alright, the Lord's back. He's going to rule and reign with a rod of iron. We get to work with Him. We get to help Him. But man, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that finding that rest. That day is coming. Our world's a mess. But when you look at Christ, you will see He is in control. And He will fix the problems that are going on in this world. But we're like Simeon right now. We're kind of waiting for that, aren't we? We're waiting for Him to return. You know, If you're looking for answers, look no further than Jesus Christ. It says also there in verse 29, He said, let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Okay? You know, Simeon, 
he had an understanding of the Scriptures. He knew that a Messiah was going to come. He didn't know all the details of it. He didn't know the when, the where, the why. All those things. He knew it was going to happen because he knew what the Word of God says. And thank God He has given us His Word and we can go and we can read the book of Revelation and we can find out how this is all going to end, how it's all going to conclude. And when we see that, we see that you know we get the answers that we need. We can find out the answers for Lord. You know why are we, why are we here? You know, Lord. There's, I mean, there are some answers. I wish I could tell you that I knew it all, that I've got answers for all your questions. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know it all. But I believe the Lord has revealed everything that we need to know. The things that we need to know, the answers we need to have, they are there in His Word. If you're like, and if you're looking for answers, look no further than Jesus Christ. When He looked at Jesus, man, He said, "Let Thy servant depart in peace according to Thy Word." John chapter one verse one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." I don't know if you realize, but this Bible, Old and New Testament, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about Christ. He is the fulfillment of everything. And so if you're looking for answers, look no further than Jesus. If you're looking for hope, look at Jesus. Verse 31, which He says, "...which thou hast prepared before the face of all people." Jesus didn't come just for the Jews. Even though they were the only ones looking for Him, the Jews were the only ones that were looking for a Messiah. Did you know the Jews were the only people that were even trying to live a righteous life? I believe it's in Romans. Paul talked, he referred to that. There's references to it in the Old Testament that God said, I am going to come to a people that aren't even looking for me. He was going to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. It was to the Jewish people that God gave the Old Testament to. The Gentile people, they didn't have it. They weren't looking for a Messiah, but yet Jesus Christ came even for people that weren't looking for him. He came for people that weren't even trying to live righteous lives. Did you know we live in a world today that's full of wickedness? And there are people out there that they're not trying to live good lives. They're not looking for a Savior. They're not looking for cleansing from their sin. But did you know if we take the Gospel to them and we can shine the light of Christ in their life, if we can be a light to them, Jesus Christ will save those people if they'll believe in Him. And the Jews actually struggled with that. We see in many of the books in the New Testament, it was kind of, it was hard for them to accept the fact that Gentiles were getting saved. Because Gentiles weren't looking for the Messiah. Gentiles weren't looking for righteousness. But yet, God was saving them. And you know what? Whether you know this or not, Many times people will talk about how they went searching for God and found Him. But I'm here today to tell you the Bible says no man seeketh after God. If you found Christ, it was because He came looking for you. And you believed. Jesus Christ came looking for us. We weren't looking for Him. And He says He was, in verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of Thy people Israel. Jesus Christ is for the whole world. He is somebody that we need to be taking His message to all the nations of the world. He told His disciples when He ascended to heaven to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. Jesus Christ is the hope of all mankind. He mentions a light to lighten the Gentiles. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, 
It said hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came. It said, and He said, it is a light thing that thou shouldst be My servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be My salvation unto the end of the earth. Jesus Christ can save anybody. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter where they come from, what nationality they are. The Bible says, "...for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." He will save anybody. He wants to save anybody. This, you know, unfortunately, we're being kind of brainwashed by the world today and by the news media. You know that Christmas is just for Christians, but no, actually, Christmas is for everybody. Do you understand that when Jesus came to this earth, he came, he was born into a Jewish family. He was he 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 basically came for the Jews as far as working. You know, as far as how it all started out. But we see in the Bible that that gift, it wasn't just for the Jews, it was for the whole world. And so it's not just for the Christians. We wouldn't be a Christian if it were not for Jesus Christ coming to this world. And anybody, no matter where they come from, can be a Christian. Many times people look at religion as more like a racial thing. If you're from a certain country, you're supposed to be this religion. But anybody can be a Christian. It's not a racial thing at all. If you are of the human race, you can be saved. If you are of the human race, Christmas is for you. So if you're looking for hope, look no further than Jesus. If you're looking for salvation, look at Jesus. I love the verse he says what he says here in verse 30. He says, "For mine eyes have seen thy salvation." He saw salvation. How do you see salvation? When you see salvation, because salvation is Jesus Christ. Salvation, He gets 100% of the credit for us going to heaven. Many people, unfortunately, you know, they misunderstand us sometimes when we talk about how we know we're saved. Many times people, they get offended when I tell them that I know I'm on my way to heaven. Because for many people, when I say I know I'm going to heaven, they they interpret that as well. You must think you're really good. You know, some you you think you're that good that you're going to heaven. But listen, my assurance of my salvation, it I can promise you right now, it has nothing to do with my goodness. When I look in the Bible, the best thing I can see about me is that my righteousness is as a filthy rag. But my sal my salvation, it's not, my hope of salvation. It's not in me. You don't look at yourself to see salvation. I don't look at the fact that I pastor a church and get hope that I'm saved because of that. I see in the Bible where many preachers are going to be thrown into hell. I see, well, you can see that in the Scripture. That has nothing to do with it. I don't, when I look at my salvation, I'm not looking at my church attendance. I'm not looking at the fact that I've been baptized. I'm not looking to the fact that I read a Bible, that I'm a member of a church. When I look at my salvation, my assurance of my salvation is not in my works. It's in the work of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because I read in all four of the Gospels how Jesus Christ, who Pilate said, I can find no fault in Him. When I read all four of the Gospels, I see a man who never sinned one time and yet went and died on a cross. Died a horrible death on a cross. That He went there willingly. The Bible teaches us to pay 
for our sins. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross, understand the work that He did there was payment for our sins. And the way that we can claim that salvation, the way that we can receive that gift, the Bible teaches very clearly that it is not of works. The Bible teaches very clearly that salvation is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So right there, when I say I know I'm saved, it's because I believe what Jesus did was good enough on the cross. I know my works aren't good enough to get me into heaven, but I believe Jesus Christ's work was good enough. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Many people they that you know I need some kind of proof that I'm saved. You know, and proof that you're saved, you know, that's church attendance, getting baptized or, you know, speaking in tongues or whatever, but the Bible teaches that the proof that we're saved, our justification is in the blood of Christ. That's the proof because you know what? I could go and do a bunch of good works and I, it could be phony. It could be fake. I could put on a show. I could act like a good, you know, good preacher. You know, I can put on the nice clothes. I can sing all the pretty songs, and I can do all the things that we associate with Christianity. But in my heart, I could be a devil. And the truth is, proof that you're saved. It's not in anything you do. It's in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what he looks at when you stand before God someday. He is not going to decide whether or not to let you in based on your works. It's going to be by the blood of Christ. And so, that's why Simeon said, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Because salvation, it is in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when we believe in Him, when you put your faith and hope in Him for salvation, you will be saved. Don't look at your works, folks. Look at His work. Look at what He did on the cross. Okay, I hope you do good works. God wants us to do good works, but you know what? I could care less about your good works. I could care less about whether you put money in the offering plate or whether you've been baptized or whether you go to church and read your Bible. None of those things will get you into heaven. Only what Jesus Christ did can get you into heaven. And I'm relying completely on what He did. Completely on what He did. And that's what you need to do if you want to be saved. And so... If you're looking for salvation, you look at Jesus Christ. Don't look at your works. Look at His works. And I love what Simeon said because see, we've this time of year we're celebrating Jesus' first coming. The first time He came to earth. The first time He came to earth, it was to pay for sins. If the first time He came to earth is He was trying to make a way for all to be saved. He was trying to shine a light that could go even to the Gentile people. A group of people that weren't even looking for salvation. And that's exactly what He did. And Simeon was able to say, Mine eyes have seen Thy salvation. Now, the truth is, while I believe I'm saved, I can't really say mine eyes have seen thy salvation because I haven't seen Christ in the flesh. Okay, Now, by faith, I believe I've seen it. By faith, I believe that I've experienced it. But understand, folks, that I have not seen Jesus Christ in person. I haven't had any visions. I've had a couple dreams before, but that just could have been a pizza I ate the night before. Okay, But I've not seen Jesus Christ. 
But one of these days, my eyes will see salvation. One of these days, I will get to experience it. And I and uh, Job, way back in Job. Job, many people don't know this, but Job is the oldest written book in the Bible. The Bible in Genesis it talks about things before the time of Job, but Genesis was written during the time of Moses. Job was even before that. And the oldest book in the Bible, in Job chapter 19, verse 25, he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God." whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Did you know before you can go to heaven in the flesh, you have to see salvation. You have to see Christ. Now, I believe when a person to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I believe those who have gone on, their souls are in heaven, but understand, their bodies are not in heaven. And we see here in Job, he said, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he says, after worms have destroyed my body, he said, in my flesh, I'm going to see God. Now, how can that happen? How can you in the flesh see God when your body has rotted away? I mean, the corpse of Job is nothing but dust somewhere on this earth today. But we see in the Word of God that one of these days when He comes the second time, when He comes the second time, every eye is going to see him. In Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 it says and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time and at that time thy people shall be delivered every one that shall be found written in the book and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. One of these days when Jesus Christ returns, the Bible says He's going to return in the clouds. And the Bible says that there's going to be a shout. There's going to be the voice of the archangel. And when we put all the Scriptures together of the return of Christ, pretty much what's going to happen one of these days, He's going to show up in the clouds. Everyone is going to see Him. The Bible says they also which pierced Him. And it mentions some when they see Him are going to mourn. They're going to be in great fear because when He comes, He's going to pour His wrath out on this world. He's going to make everything right. But those who are saved, He is going to call up. He's going to send His angels to gather up His elect and they are going to be changed, the Bible says, in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. He says, The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Not everyone's going to die. Some are going to be alive when this day comes. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, that trumpet's going to sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. This mortal is going to put on immortality. That day is coming when Christ returns, when we see Him, when we see salvation, when we see Him with our own eyes. Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See, every eye is going to see Him, but not everyone's going to go to heaven at that time because not everyone's a believer. 
But those who believe, those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they are going to shine like the brightness of the firmament. The Bible says before Christ comes, the sun is going to be darkened and the moon is going to be turned to blood. It's going to be a scary time. We don't know how long it's all going to take place. But as there's this darkness over the earth, the Bible says as lightning shineth out of the east even from the west, Jesus Christ He is going to return and everyone's going to see Him. And something's going to happen in that moment. Those who are believers, when they see Him, when they see their salvation, those who believed on Him, those who are waiting for Him, they are going to be changed. The Bible says they're going to shine. And then the Bible also teaches that the angels are going to come and gather them up. You know how the angels are going to know which ones to get? Well, it's those people that are glowing. Those people that are shining. And man, they're going to be caught up in the clouds to be, meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's why the Bible says in verse, uh, in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that in denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, as believers, we are trying, hopefully, to live godly in this present world. Hopefully, if you're saved today, you're trying to be like Christ. But can we just be honest right now and say most of us probably aren't doing real good? You know, while we do our best, we fail, don't we? I mean, how many of you did something this week that you regretted? Okay? I mean, you do because we're still sinners in the flesh, aren't we? And so we are, we're looking for Him. See, our salvation, while our soul is saved, our flesh is still in sin, isn't it? Our flesh is still lost. But those who believe in Christ, when He returns and when we see Him physically, we are going to change. We will have a glorified body, one that is without sin, one that will be victorious, that never will sin. And man, we're looking for that. Hey, listen, I know Christians sometimes, boy, we're, we're a bad testimony. Sometimes we make God look bad. But I hope you all don't think here that we think that we're just a bunch of you know righteous, perfect people. We're not. We're a bunch of dirty, rotten sinners just like anybody else. You know, maybe we look a little different. Maybe we act a little different. But it's just, we're just trying to be like Christ. Okay? We're trying our best. And maybe some are doing a little better than others. But understand, I hope nobody thinks they're going to heaven because they go to this church. I hope nobody thinks that they're saved or going to heaven because of the good things that they're doing. Man, I'm just relying on Jesus Christ. I'm trying to do my best, but you know what? I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of letting God down. I'm tired of letting other people down. And I can't wait until He returns and He changes this vile body into a body like His. His glorious body. One that is incorruptible. And that day is coming. And in 1 John 3, one says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I'm a son of God right now. Okay, I belong to Him. I'm one of His children because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But you know what? It says, Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Hey, if you're a believer today, you still aren't that great, folks. Don't get on a high horse. 
you are still sinful in the eyes of God. Boy, we're, let's just say it, we're pathetic, alright? But it does not yet appear what we shall be. Hey, this isn't the final product, folks. I hope you're, I hope you're trying to improve yourself and do better, but this is so far from the final product. The Bible says, when He shall appear, when He shall appear, I haven't seen Him yet. I haven't seen salvation yet, but when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. One of these days, when we see Him. See, when Simeon saw Him, he saw Him in that earthly form, not in the glorified form. One of these days, we're going to see Him in the glorified form. And when we do, it is going to literally transform us we will be like Him. We won't be sinners anymore. We're not going to mess up. Sometimes we get kind of fed up with each other. You know, we get aggravated at each other. You know why? Because we're still sinful. You get aggravated at them because you're sinful, and you get aggravated at them because they're sinful. But one of these days, that's going away. One of these days, we're going to be like Christ. And when is that day going to be? When our eyes see our salvation. When we see Jesus Christ. That's the second coming of Christ. And you know what? If we believe that Jesus Christ kept the first coming, if you celebrate Christmas, hopefully that, you know, obviously that should mean you believe in the first coming of Christ. There were many prophecies about the first coming of Christ, but I believe there's many more prophecies about the second coming of Christ. And you know, if he kept his promise the first time, he's probably going to keep his promise the second time. And that day is coming when all those who look for him, all those who have put their faith and trust in him, not in their church, not in their works, who put their faith and trust in him, they are going to be changed. They will be like him. Right now, listen, on your best day, you don't deserve to go to heaven. On your bet, on the best day you ever have, had, you deserved to be cast into the lake of fire. But if you believe in Christ, that's not what's going to happen. One of these days, He's going to change you because His blood, it paid for your sins. And you might think Christians aren't much to look at, and you would be right. We're all still sinners just like everyone else. But you do need to understand that our salvation, it's not in the fact that we're different in any way. The fact that we go to church, we've been baptized. We just do these things because we love God. We do these things because, you know, we just, we just want to do something for Him. We want to be a good example to others. And our salvation that we have, it's something that we have by grace. We don't deserve it, but it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you want to go to heaven, don't look at us. Look at Jesus Christ. That's where salvation's at. So with that, I want us to all stand together right now.